Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of Horrific Tales. Every week we feature a story from an independent author or aspiring writer. Today's episode is a tale of werewolves. Please uh, sit back and enjoy Human in the Dark by Damien Sai. They had spent the day rock climbing and were now watching the sunset on top of the cliff before going home. It's beautiful, isn't it? Laura smiled and hugged Victor tight. It makes it even better that you're here. I love you so much. She looked up at him. He wasn't listening to her. His eyes were wide. Something was wrong. Victor? Are you okay? What's the matter? Victor stood up and took a few steps left, then a few right. He turned to Laura, his chest heaving. He looked terrified. Victor, what's wrong? You're scaring me. She went over to him. Hey, hey, what's the matter? I remember, he said. Just now, it, it's all coming back. I remember everything. I remember saving you. I remember it all. That's great, Laura began. No, you don't know. You don't know what I am. I'm sick. I should be dead. I'm dangerous. Victor started for the cliff to jump off, but then slid to a stop. He couldn't. It wouldn't kill him, would it? If it didn't, the creature would be free. What are you doing? Don't say that. You're not making any sense. Laura grabbed him, but he pushed her away. The sun has almost set. Shit. Victor ran over to the pack, where they had packed their miscellaneous climbing gear and tore at it. What are you doing? Stop acting like this. Victor took the 20-foot nylon webbing and grabbed Laura's arm. Come on, now. We don't have much time. Now, run with me. Come on. She followed him for a quarter of a mile straight into the woods, until he finally stopped by a large tree and handed her the nylon webbing. Laura, you have to tie me up to this tree. What? No! Please, we are out of time. You have to do it now. He grabbed her arms tightly. You're not making sense, she screamed at him. I don't have time to explain. You must tie me up to the tree now. He jammed the nylon webbing in her hands. Laura, you have maybe two minutes. You have to tie me up. If I don't, I'll kill you. I'll tear you apart. You have to tie me up and then run away. Do it. Now. All right, she screamed, sobbing. Her vision was blurry from the tears welling up in her eyes. She wiped them off. Victor put his back against the tree and stretched out his arms behind him. You must do it tightly. Quickly. Laura worked as fast as she could. Tie it tighter. Faster. Tie up to my elbows. Use all of it. Use all of it. That's it. There isn't any more. Laura said. I used all of it. Stop yelling at me. Now, run away. Victor told her. Run away as fast as you can and get out of the city. If I get loose, people will die. Stop talking like that, Laura cried out. You're not making any sense. Listen to me. I'm responsible for the Memphis massacre. Laura, I'm sorry. I'm not a hero. I'm a villain. Victor, no. I always go first for the people that I know. I'll go after Kate first, our friends, your family. I'll kill everybody if I get free. Victor looked up at the dark sky 
and let out such a scream that it froze her body and struck terror in her heart. He continued screaming in anguish, louder, his voice getting deeper until it turned into a terrible roar. Before her eyes, Laura saw the man that she loved vanish as his body defied every law of nature and morphed into a creature that could not have existed, that should not have existed. But it did, and with each roar that it let out, it swelled up bigger until the clothes on it ripped and hung from a stark fur-covered body. Bulging shoulders supported the huge head of a wolf creature that did not howl at the moon but roared at it in a terrible rage. Its large pawed feet clawed at the earth, pushed and kicked, trying to free itself. The branches of the tree shuddered with the power of the animal. It snapped its jaws at Laura and threw its weight towards her, but it couldn't break free. It became even more enraged and threw its body from left to right. It growled and roared, spewing saliva in the air. Laura was frozen. This could not be happening, her mind was screaming. Werewolves were not real. They were not real. But the creature in front of her was real. The demonic sounds that it was making were real. Its power that made the tree shake was real. It was an unimaginable reality that made her stomach convulse. She buckled over and retched choking until her eyes felt like they might burst. When she looked up again, she saw that the creature was curling its clawed fingers towards its wrists and managing to cut away at its bonds. Finally, her body responded, realizing that this monster was going to free itself any minute. She jumped to her feet and began to run back the way they had come. Her thoughts were a blur. What was she going to do? She couldn't run the trail to the motorcycle because it was at least a mile wrong. It would catch her. Could she hide? No, it could probably sniff her out. After a couple of minutes, she flew into the clearing where they had been watching the sunset together. An idea hit her. She ran over to her pack and pulled out the climbing rope. She grabbed her pack and ran over to the lip of the cliff. She was going to rappel off. It was over 100 feet high. That would give her some more time to think or hide or anything. Laura put on her harness and slung the rope around the large tree that was close to the edge. She tossed her pack over. It took her only seconds to double the rope and thread it through the ATC belay device. She jumped off. Her hands almost burned from rappelling down so fast. She jumped out of her harness and pulled the rope through. Laura took a second to catch her breath and figure out what to do next. She looked around. How could she escape? To her horror, she saw the werewolf leap from the edge of the cliff and, like a missile, shoot into a tall pine tree. Tree branches snapped, the tree swayed, then it did another leap. This time it landed right in front of her, sending her sprawling to the ground on her back. She didn't have time to utter a sound. It slammed a huge palm on her chest, pinning her to the ground. She couldn't breathe. Panic flooded her mind. She was going to die. But the beast only roared at her angrily. Its body strained and trembled like it was in pain, making a terrible growling from deep within his chest. Victor was trying to fight it, Laura realised. He was still in there somewhere, imprisoned. It lifted her by her shirt and with one jerk tore away what she was wearing, sending her cascading to the ground half-naked. Victor! Fight it! she cried. I love you! Fight it! 
creature took hold of her hair, making her scream. It roared again, and pounded the ground with a fist, sending bits of earth into the air. Please, fight it, Laura pleaded. I love you. The monster forced her head back by her hair. No! Laura closed her eyes as she felt its fangs piercing her neck. It opened its jaws again to readjust, thirsty for the juggler. But then it stopped when it tasted her blood. It became very still. Then it gently let her go and stepped back. Laura dropped to the ground. She began to scoot away until she was against the base of a large tree. She looked at the monster in front of her. It licked its bloody lips and stared back. For the first time it had tasted someone's blood, and instead of its thirst growing stronger, it had calmed down. The large creature let out a low growl, snorted, then disappeared into the night. Laura's breaths were short and shallow. Blood ran down her chest, passing through the canyon in between her breasts, down the valley of her stomach, then pulling up at her navel. She was hurt, she knew, but how bad she didn't. There was no pain. The shock of what had just happened clouded her mind. Thoughts came, fragmented, images, words, feelings. That creature. Memphis. Kill. That creature was Victor. Who is it going to kill? It was so angry. What did he say? Kill. Laura stood on shaky legs. Victor will kill. Victor will go after Kate. That creature will go after Kate. Laura stumbled over to the pack that she had thrown over the cliff a minute ago. She ripped it open and dumped the contents on the ground. She snatched her phone and with shaky fingers dialed Kate's number. It rang and rang. It rang forever. Voicemail. Fuck, she hissed. She tried dialing again, but blood dripped on the screen. She wiped it on her pants and redialed. As it rang, she noticed how much blood was covering her chest. It was running in rivulets down her bare breasts and dripping down to the ground. She had to take care of this. Where was her shirt? There, torn to pieces on the ground. Laura switched to speaker mode and continued to read Al Kate's number. As she scrambled to rip pieces of fabric from her tattered shirt, she pressed them against her wounds and used her climbing tape to wrap around her neck. So much blood. Was she going to bleed out? That possibility loomed in the back of her mind, creating a panic that if left unchecked could suspend any rational thought from forming. But she controlled it. The years of climbing in high-stress situations had taught her how to keep her mind focused. Kate finally answered. Hey bitch, what's up? Laura pounced on the phone. Kate, listen, where are you? You need to go to the police station now. What? We're a black horse. What did you say? Take everyone to the police station and tell them that you're in danger, that someone is coming to kill you. Laura, what the hell? The others in the background were asking what she was saying. I don't know. Kate, listen. Someone is coming to kill you and everyone else. Get the fuck out of there and go to the police. Laura could hear her talking to the others. She's saying someone is coming to kill us. Then they all burst out laughing. That's lame. One of them said in the background. Laura, are you trying to prank us or something? Because it's not working. Kate, please, listen to me. It's not a prank. He is coming to kill you. Who is? You're not making any sense. It won't make sense, Kate. Just trust me, you're in danger. Go to the police. That's bullshit. Kate, please, it's Victor. He's chained into this thing and he is coming for you. 
<laughs> Kate laughed. You gotta be kidding me. You think I'm a child? What'd he change into? Werewolf? Laura could not answer. Kate was not going to believe her. Kate, I'm not bullshitting you. Victor is a killer. He is coming for you. Laura knew how stupid it sounded, but she couldn't figure out a better way to say it. Panic gripped her now. You know what? Both of you are assholes. Fuck you, Laura. I don't know what your problem is. Kate, fucking listen to me. This time Laura was screaming at the top of her lungs into the phone. Fucking listen. Kate hung up. Fuck. Laura screamed. Fuck. She coughed and spat blood from her mouth. She dialed 911. There's going to be a shooting at the Black Horse Pub and Brewery, she told the dispatcher. Send police there now. This is not a prank call. People are going to die at the Black Horse Brewery if you don't take this call seriously. Send them now. Laura hung up. She needed to get there before Victor. It's five miles away, she calculated, about a mile to the parking lot. She rummaged through her stuff and found the sweaty tank top she had climbed in earlier. She put it on and began to race up the trail. By the time she got to the bike, her lungs were about to burst. Feeling sick, she bent over, dry heaving and spitting up blood again. Where was the blood coming from? How bad was her throat punctured? The bleeding had not stopped. Keep moving, she told herself. In no time she was speeding down the empty road. The roar of the wind was deafening. Her heart was pounding. The image of Victor morphing into that terrible creature infested her mind. Why was that possible? There it was, the black horse. The flashing lights, top room open. Laura noticed right away that everything looked normal. No broken glass, no cop car, nothing. No cops. That infuriated her. She jumped off the bike and burst through the entrance. The live music stopped. Everyone turned to look at her. It was crowded that night. Gasps and horrified expressions filled the room. She was a sight to behold. Full of blood, her wet tank top clinging to her breasts and yelling at everyone. Call the police now! Call the police! Call the police! She turned to the bartender. Call the police now! He fumbled for the phone. Laura looked around and found her friends gathered at the table in the corner. Oh my god, Laura! Kate ran to her. What happened to you? Oh my god! Kate! She grabbed her hands. Please, we need to get out of here now. We need to go. The rest of the group looked at her in dismay. James was there. Laura, what the fuck happened? James went over there. We have to go. Let's go. Laura began to pull Kate. Guys, we have to go. We have to go now. Leave everything. We'll go, honey, right now. Let me just find my keys. Kate snatched her purse. The rest of them followed suit, understanding now that the threat was real. For a moment, Laura let herself feel a sense of relief as the group followed her. But it didn't last. Glass shattered. The sight of the dark shadow that burst through the front window struck terror in everyone's hearts. But it struck even deeper in hers. She knew what kind of evil had just invaded the room. The creature was quick and savage. Fangs tore at someone's neck. Blood spewed. Claws sliced. Another throat ripped open. Screams began. Chaos. Five people were dead in seconds. Laura cradled Kate's head and turned her away. That was all she could do, trying to somehow protect her. Kate's screams were muffled in Laura's chest. It pounced on them. The beast ignored Laura. It sunk its fangs behind Kate's neck and jerked her away. It spun her in the air and caught her by the front of the neck, ripping out her throat in one bite. 
Kate fell to the floor in a bloody mess. Laura dove to her. Kate reached out with her hands and pulled at Laura's clothes, but there was nothing she could do. Laura looked into her friend's eyes and held her hand as the life drained out of them. All the while the beast continued to kill. There was a gunshot, maybe from the bar. A shotgun? Another shot deafened Laura's ears. She turned and saw the bartender being ripped to shreds. Anger burned within her. This thing needed to die, and she was the one to do it. She was the only one that wouldn't kill. Laura grabbed a knife from the floor and lunged at the werewolf, burying it deep in its ribs. It spun with a growl and knocked her down. She saw that the shotgun was by her. She picked it up and pumped it. The werewolf had not retaliated. Instead, it jumped on a poor woman trying to escape out the door. Laura took a few steps closer and shot it in the middle of its back. When it turned, she shot it again, square in the belly. Blood splattered both times and shockwaves rippled its fur. She tried shooting again, but it ripped the shotgun from her grasp. Its shoulders shook with rage, and it snapped its jaws at her, roaring. It knocked her down, then grabbed her by the shirt and shook her until it tore off, leaving her half-naked again. It slashed her with its claws, leaving deep gashes across her chest and shoulders. She fell to her back. Fuck you, she yelled back at it. She kicked at its head and threw whatever she could get her hands on. This made it even angrier. It ripped at her legs with its claws and teeth, tearing away large pieces of fabric and leaving bleeding flesh. It tore her shoes off. Stop! She screamed as it continued to maul her. It's going to kill me, she thought. The werewolf took her right forearm in its jaws and with one vicious bite crushed both bones. Laura screamed. You're killing me! She choked out in between sobs. You're killing me. Stop. It took her by the hair and shook her senseless before letting her fall back to the floor in a daze. It roared at her one more time, then looked back around the room. There was no one left. The last few people had escaped. Everyone else lay dead or dying. Then just as fast as it had entered the room, it left. Everything was quiet now. Laura smelled fresh blood, the stench of death. She sat up slowly, propping up on her good arm. Her body trembled. She felt like laying down again, but she knew that she might not get up if she did. Her head was spinning. She felt stinging pain everywhere. Her broken arm was pulsing. She was having trouble forming coherent thoughts. The image of her best friend being murdered flashed in her mind. The wave of sadness and helplessness washed over her. In a way, it was her fault. She began to cry, feeling defeated. She even thought of Victor. She loved him and she had lost him. It was as if he had been murdered as well. I'm probably dying, she thought. Just as well, I don't want to live. Police sirens broke her from her stupor. They were close. My family, she remembered. The monster will go hunt my family next. I need to go to them. I need to warn them. She knew right away that she needed to leave before the police came, or else she would be stuck here with them and end up being sent to the hospital. She moved in haste now. Adrenaline and fear were fueling her. She would take Kate's car. Finding her purse was not difficult. It was laying in a pool of blood next to her. The car keys were in an outside pocket. She looked at her friend one more time. 
planted a kiss on her forehead, then hurried outside. The car was close. It was easy to spot the Prius with the black cargo carrier attached to its roof rack. She was fumbling with the keys. Someone called her name from behind. It was James. He was horrified at the sight of her, bloody, almost naked. The only clothing on her was torn to bits, barely hanging off her hips. Cuts were bleeding all over her legs, arms and shoulders. When she turned around he saw the deep gashes across her chest. Her right breast was torn badly. It took a moment for him to hear what she was saying, and when he did, he dismissed it as delirious talk. She was telling him to drive her home. I'm taking you to the hospital, he told her. No! She screamed at him through tears of fury. I need to save my family. You saw what that thing did in there? It's going after my family next. I need to save them. Do you fucking understand? Are you going to help me or not? We have to go before the police get here. Come on! It shocked James how she had the strength to yell so loudly and pull at his shirt with such force. Okay, he said, let's go. As the police were pulling in, they sped away in James's Toyota, heading back to Nashville. Ambulances and fire trucks arrived also. Panic-stricken survivors tried to explain what happened, but how could they? The police did not understand. The town of Clarksville was not ready for the massacre that befell it that night. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our latest horrific tale. If you want to keep up to date with future episodes, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our Facebook page. Please also take a moment to support our contributing artists who very kindly lend their talents to this show. Check out the links in the description how you can do this. Until next time my friends, keep it creepy, keep it horrific.